Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. Because they have taught the evolutionary theory for all their career only to realize that the science doesn't match up and that you have to have faith in Darwin to believe that theory. And they are simply trying to teach their students that perhaps there is an intelligent designer. And so they're expelling them, firing them, canceling them as we say today. In the 19th century, scientists already accepted evolution as fact. The world is suppressing the truth of God everywhere. The normalization of sin. Think about it. It's a suppression of the truth. In, and in, um, in place of the truth, it's unrighteousness. It's ungodliness, right? It's, it's let's replace what's godly with something that's ungodly. Jesus said in the beginning, God made a male and female. Genesis 1 says that. Look at what's all that's going on with all of that. Normalizing it. Uh, um, desensitizing society. And I don't point my fingers at anybody. We're all sinners, man. We're all in need of a savior. No one's pointing our fingers at any of us. I was nasty in my own way. You know what I mean? Who am I? I don't I have to point at anybody. Kidding me? But to see the backwardsness of our world, they're normalizing perversion and sin. Politicians, media, Hollywood businessmen or businesses, the educational system, and the so-called churches out there that are tripping. Of course, it, the church is for sinners. All sinners come, but we're going to teach you to change through Christ. And that's not what some of these churches are doing. Because they just want money. Almost every commercial has some blatant sin being normalized or, or, or insinuated. We were watching the game last week here and we had to have like a remote control monitor. Whenever the football game went to a commercial, pause. And let, let you know, the, the game catch up and then, then we just forward it past the commercials because you know they'll have some, some woman in a, in a commercial being you know, um, you know addressed uh, improperly you know suggestively acting you know suggestive perverted and we, the, the little bo- our, bo- our kids are, are, are there the Bible says do not awaken those passions that love before it's time, we want to teach our kids. That's, that's for the, the wedding bed. But again, it's the desensitizing of, of, of our children's minds. And maybe some of us as adults aren't as keen as we need to be. It affects. It, raw, it quenches the spirit. And we're lacking peace. And we don't know why. Maybe it's because, you know, there's trash on the TV, or you're, you don't know what your kids are watching or doing. It's up to us to police that. 
to train up our children in, in the admonishment of the Lord, to love them enough to say, what are you doing? You know? But it's everywhere. There's perversion everywhere. Man. Meanwhile, God is not in their thoughts. God is not in their thoughts. Because the self-life, perverse life is being played out everywhere. Kids are learning how to be skilled perverts. Skilled in awakening passions that are meant, like I said, to be held for the marriage bed. We need to watch our kids. We need to watch the next generation. It, you know, because it's a suppression of truth. It's a suppression of truth. So many kids are being desensitized. These things become normal. And we wonder, how did we get to this place? Because Jesus is serious about sin, right? He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He didn't say, sit around, watch it, don't address it, ignore it. If you, if you address it, they'll leave the house. <laughs> you know? He says, let them go. Let them go. Keep your house clean. We're told in Scripture not to love the world or to desire to be with the world. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, we can't uh, enjoy uh, talent that's out there or things of this world in, in a positive sense. It's the perverse things that we need to stay away from. In Proverbs 3, chapter, uh, verse 33 through 30, 31 through 33, it says, Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. And who is the oppressor if not Satan? You know, don't envy those dark things, those wicked things. Don't desire to partake in the wicked and perverse things that the world's into. Parents, we got to watch our kids. we got to sh- sh- share with them that God's secret counsel is with the righteous, that there's a benefit in doing what's right and living a holy life and a pure life. There's a benefit in seeking the Lord. There's a blessing in it to tell them, trust me, trust me. You don't want to go down that route because when sin you know, takes its form, it leads to death. It is to your destruction if you envy the oppressor and try to, you know, live like everyone else is living. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, please. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. That's a, those are beautiful verses to just really go over ourselves and, and to share with our children and to just remind them continually that this world is fading away it's going to pass and the lust of it's going to pass and don't admire the perverse aspects of this world don't admire them and so back in our text it says uh, verse 20 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, and so through creation, the world is without excuse, right? Everything speaks that there is a creator. People know it. They're suppressing it. Anyone here ever been to Sedona? Sedona's a mind-blowing, tremendously beautiful place with red rock in Arizona. Phenomenal beauty. And you see that there's all kinds of like new agey, like religious centers for people. Because creation is so beautiful there that people don't know what to do with themselves. They have to somehow give credit to their new agey philosophies. They, ha- they can't just write because the glory belongs to God. And even within themselves, they know that there is a maker who made that beauty. It didn't just happen. And they know it deep down in their soul. That's why they have to cover it with this new agey kind of religious stuff. Spiritualism. And they know it. They're suppressing the truth. And they know uh, uh, that his eternal power and Godhead is reality. People know that there's a hereafter. Intuitively, they know. They may say it all they want, the atheists, that we just, you know, die and that's it. But no. You go to funerals and you see the hurt. You see the suffering of people losing their loved ones. And they know and you know that there's something after this. Instinctively. It's been a cold winter. Cold and bitter cold. And I, I'm over it already. Very much over it. I'm a summary kind of guy. But nature itself, when those flowers begin to bud and bloom and those trees come back to life, it tells us there's a resurrection. It doesn't end here. Creation itself tells us that there's more. There's an eternal Godhead. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. And so the world suppressing the truth you know why glorify a god you're suppressing and and are saying to yourself he's not real he's not real he's not real suppressing it right why would they glorify god they don't glorify god they don't come into church and praise him they stay home and don't praise him that's why it's important unless you're sick or don't feel good i get it but generally y'all should be clapping and singing which you do very proud of it come in here it sounds like cathedrals of cathedrals here it's awesome but right because christians glorify god the world doesn't glorify god it says nor will they were they thankful there wasn't i don't think one meal before i became a christian that in the home i grew up in we ever thanked god not for one meal that's almost 24 years 
of never thanking God for one chicken nugget, one happy meal, nothing. Isn't that sad? That's the world. That's the lost world. They don't glorify God. They weren't thankful to God. And what does that lead to? They became futile in their thoughts, meaning there's, they're, they're, their ideas held no weight. Futile means, you know, to hold no weight, to have no value. How they're living. What is the world living for anyways? It's all going to burn. Didn't Jesus say, what would a man do in exchange for his soul? What good is it if a man, you know, gains the whole world, but in the end loses his soul? Where are all the, the, the billionaires and millionaires and, and, and famous people and, 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 and accomplished people in, in our world, in our society? Where are they when they die? That's what matters. Whether they finish well, whether they have faith in the Son of God. Because their souls are very costly. And no amount of money can buy that. They didn't glorify him. They weren't thankful. They became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Were darkened. Became futile in their thoughts. Became, becoming. So progressively they became worse. They became futile. Their hearts were darkened. There's a progression in the wickedness and sinfulness of man, as you can tell with how the world has changed recently, right? It's crazy. There's more darkness than ever. And, it's good, and sin gets worse. The state of sinful man gets worse and worse and worse and worse. What happens if you get a perverse person who rejects God? What happens to them after 100,000 years? How much more perverse would they be? How much worse would a liar be after 10,000 years of no repentance? He will be a worse liar than he was 10,000 years prior. C.S. Lewis has a gnarly... Uh, uh, example of imagery of what hell may be like. It's not doctrinal. Don't hold me to it. I'm telling you, C.S. Lewis is a great imaginary Christian man who wrote books like Narnia and stuff. But in The Great Divorce, hell is depicted as this endless great town. Hell is depicted as this uh, endless great town with millions and millions of houses where everybody is constantly moving farther and farther from each other because they can't stand each other. They're nasty people. They don't like each other. And they're consumed with self. And that is his like imagery of hell. Because the reason why people don't come to Christ is because of self-worship. Self-worship, right? Why are people suppressing the truth? Why? Everyone should come in. We should go to every one of these houses and they're all going to come to church. They're not going to all come to church. 
Because some of them are going to say, I don't want him to be my God. I don't want him to rule my life. I'm going to, I'm going to do my own thing. What is that? That's the self-life. Jesus came to save us from ourselves. This is why he says, if anyone desires, he told the crowds. Crowds of people were following him, and I guess it was too big of a crowd. He wanted to downsize a bit, so he just basically told him some hard truth. Whoever desires to follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. But for those of us who have tasted and seen that Christ is amazing, he's so loving. He's so gracious and merciful and kind. And he takes our sin and he casts it away and he doesn't hold us accountable to them anymore. We're brand new creations. All old things are passed away. Oh, he is not an austere man. I will gladly follow him. He has been nothing but good to me. And when I lived in the world, I was never satisfied. I was never at peace. I was always searching for the next fix. Because nothing satisfied me. Nothing. And even today, my most precious tre treasures are my children and my wife. And, and you guys. And nothing can compare to his love. I'm, I, I'm laying by my best friend every night and I feel like I'm the most loneliest man on the planet because even my beautiful spouse cannot comfort my soul the way only our maker can. So you single people, don't rush to get married. You're still going to be lonely. Because only Christ can fill that gap in your heart. So their hearts were darkened. They weren't grateful. They weren't thankful. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Yeah, that's true. Think about all the crazy stuff people worship, man. You know, animals, jaguars, chickens, whatever. Crazy stuff out there. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so the Lord, there's a point, man. He just gives people over to what they want to do. And God just allows people to just, you know, get their fill of their own ways. Hopefully they'll change. Hopefully they'll come to their senses and say, what am I doing? How did I get this far? God gives them over. And they dishonor their bodies. And Lord knows that so many people today dishonor their bodies worse and worse. Who exchange the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And I think that the creature that most people worship is themselves. You say, people say, oh, we're all God's children. No, we're not. 
God's children are those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. All the other human beings are creatures. Sad, it's true. They're creatures. But God desires that they would be sons and daughters. And the creatures are worshiping the creature instead of the creator. Who The mirror. What do I want to eat? What do I want to drink? What do I want to wear? What do I want to do this Sunday? Without any idea or thought of God. Like they just live for themselves. That is creature self-worship or worship of the creature. When they ask Jesus, how should we pray? Part of that Our Father prayer is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means from now on, we no longer live for what we want to do. We live for what God wants to do in our lives. We acknowledge Him in all our ways so that He directs us according to His will. We're bondservants. Our opinions matter little. But we cry out to Him for help to live for Him every day. Because it can be hard. And it is hard to deny self. Our greatest enemy is ourself. Can I get an amen? I mean, unless your flesh is, is at ease and cool and like a tamed puppy. Paul said, I discipline my body. I discipline it. Lest when I preach to others, I, I should be disqualified. I put it through the ringer. You know, to tell our flesh, you ain't the boss of me. The Holy Spirit is. You will get rest. You will eat better. You will take your vitamins. And you will stop giving me a problem when I want to study and pray and go to church. You, you got to kick it into shape by the Holy Spirit because the flesh is, is, is weak. And I'm learning what that means. Laid in my walk. We're talking. Psh, we're talking. It took me 22 years to get what, what that means is I'm too tired, I'm too overweight, and I got to do something about it so that I can serve the Lord. Because I'm not going to let my tired body tell me no to everything. Does that make sense? I mean, the guys in the book, they walked everywhere. We don't. We drive around, oh, I'm hot. Oh, church. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Thank you for your word. May it bear much fruit in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who would like to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that you are condemned already, guilty before God, then raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. Is there anyone here who would like to get right with God right now? Amen, sister. All right, repeat this with me. Father God, forgive me for my sins. I've sinned against you. I'm grateful that you forgive sinners. I ask you to forgive me now. Forgive me of my sins. 
Wash me clean by the blood of your son Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day, and he's at your right hand interceding for me now. Forgive me and cleanse me, Lord. Help me to live my life for you from this day forth. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Give me, Lord, a passion for your kingdom. Help me to live right and protect me from the devil. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.